confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God the still inside the storm the promise of the shore praise God everybody happy tonight well if you're not happy just smile the devil won't know the difference He's such a numbhead. He doesn't know when you're happy or not. The only way he knows is if you show it on your face. So uh, let's believe God. God's great. There's nothing God can't do. Hallelujah. I'm looking forward to a great time tonight in a few moments. And uh, don't expect to be too long. But tonight I want to talk to you about this subject. Lay claim to the, to the blessings of walking in covenant with God. Lay claim to the blessings of walking in covenant with God. While people are going to be running scared here and there, God's people, this is our opportunity to really shine. Hallelujah, because God is with us and if God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. I'm not going to have you stand for the reading of the word tonight because I want to talk just a little bit before I read. So I'm sure that God's okay with it. I'm, I'm going to let you just be seated tonight as long as you promise not to uh, get too comfortable. Praise God. Whereas Genesis is the book of origins, Tonight, I'm going to be looking at the book of Exodus with you just for a moment because Exodus is the book of redemption. The children of God were delivered out of Egyptian bondage in the book of Exodus. In Exodus, God's people were given the word of God. They were given the priesthood. They were given instruction in worship. And in the way that God wanted his redeemed people to live, all these things came in the book of Exodus. Exodus, as you know, means going out. It means departure. And that's a good descriptive term of God's people. When God called us, we came out from among them and, and God brought us into a new and living way. And we're thankful that we can live for the Lord and serve God. So Exodus is a book that deals with outgoing departure. It deals with redemption. It typifies our redemption. Now, I've often been amazed to find how much New Testament truth is found in seed form in the Old Testament and the full-grown plant in the New Testament. In Exodus, the, the divine presence re resided among God's people under the cloud of glory. There was the presence of God that resided among them in the glory cloud. In the book of Exodus, the tabernacle, the priesthood, the sacrificial system, they all typify New Testament salvation. Glory to God. The Passover was instituted in the book of Exodus. At Passover, God restarted the year fresh and new. How many knew that already? When God instituted the Passover, they were already into the third or fourth month. But God says, uh-uh. We're starting a year over now with the Passover. And so for the spiritual year, still observed today, the Jews still claim Passover as the beginning of the new year. And doesn't that make sense? Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So when you come to the Lord, God starts the clock over again. Old things are not held against you. It's not an old year. It's a new year when you come to God. And so we find this principle in the book of Exodus. Somebody say Exodus. Exodus. Passover in the book of Exodus required a lamb without blemish. And the blood of this lamb without blemish was required to be placed in three places. I know that many of you know that know this, but some of you don't. That lamb is symbolic of who? Jesus Christ. 
And that blood had to be applied in three places or death would visit that home. And how many know that they had to take hyssop, which was a fern they used for a brush, and they dip it in the slain lamb, and they placed the blood on two doorposts and upon the lintel, three places. And he said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. But if you're gonna escape death, you had to have the blood applied, it had to be applied in three places. And it's not coincidental that the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's not coincidental that when the preacher was asked, men and brethren, what shall we do? The first apostolic preacher said, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. The lamb in the book of Exodus had to be eaten entirely. You couldn't just take the cuts you wanted and leave the rest. If you were going to partake of the lamb, you had to eat the whole thing with the pertinence thereof. I'll let you look that up. It had to be all eaten. It had to be roast with fire and not sodden with water. Christ, when, when he went through what he went through, it was a fiery trial. It was a difficult thing when the Lamb of God gave his life for us. And it's a shame when somebody takes the Lamb and tries to water it down. So the Bible says in the book of Exodus that they were not allowed to put water on the lamb. They were not allowed to lay the meat in water and, and cause it to be diluted with water. So today we take the lamb and if we're going to take the lamb, we have to take the whole lamb. We can't take the pieces of scripture we like and discard the rest, right? right. Hallelujah. Has everybody had a good Wednesday today? Amen. Anybody work hard today? Amen. I can tell. All right. Praise God. It's all right. I'm glad you're here anyhow. He had to take the whole lamb. And they could not put it in water and let it become sodden. Another thing about the lamb I noticed was the lamb had to be eaten with their traveling clothes on. They said, you, you keep your shoes on your feet you get your coat on, get your walking stick because you're going to be taking of this lamb, but you're going to be leaving at any moment. And what did Jesus say? Our lamb said, watch and pray. He said, watch for you know not what hour the Lord, uh, the thief is coming. So be you ready in such an hour as you think not. So the word of God teaches us that we are to watch and pray. And believe, praise God, and to eat our spiritual food with our traveling clothes on. And God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And notice this too. The Bible says, and the plague shall not be upon you. Now, we've entered into a time, evidently, where there's going to be some plagues. I do not believe for a heartbeat that we are in the great tribulation. Please don't allow anybody to tell you that. It's absolutely false. But we are seeing the introduction. We're going to see some things that are going to introduce those plagues. And we're going to see what Jesus said we would see. He said there would be earthquakes and pestilences in diverse places. Everybody understand? So we're going to see those kinds of things. But notice, the plague shall not be upon you. Oh, the blessing of walking with the Lord in covenant. Don't ever begrudge your covenant with God. Don't ever walk around saying, well, I can't believe that the Lord requires me to do this or the Lord wants me to do that. As we get closer to the coming of the Lord, you're going to be thankful that God has allowed you to walk in covenant with him. Don't ever complain about the things that are required of you as you walk in covenant with God. 
Be more thankful that God has given you the blessings that go with the covenant. Somebody say, praise God. Praise God. And so, our Lord Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, not of a tabernacle made from fine linen and animal skins and finely crafted lumber and precious metals, but he has a spiritual house. And so the tabernacle in Exodus is likened to the tabernacle of God's people in the New Testament. And in the Old Testament, in Exodus, they had a high priest. We have Jesus Christ, our high priest. And he also is the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. All these things are fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Somebody say, praise God. So the principles and the promises God established with his Old Testament people are still sound principles. Don't ever let people make fun of the Old Testament. Those are principles that God put in play. And they still continue. The principles that God placed in the Old Testament are still principles to abide by today. Praise God. So tonight, I'm going to take a look at a few of the principles that are found in the book of Exodus. And I've been just laying kind of the introduction for it, but the body's not very long, so don't be afraid. So I'm going to the book of Exodus, chapter 23, and verse 1. And we're looking at a portion of the book, perhaps, that you don't normally look at. In Exodus 23, and verse 1, Thou shalt not raise a false report, Put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Neither shalt thou speak in a cause to decline after many to wrest judgment. Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. Let's stop and just talk about those principles for a moment and we'll move on to a few more. We're in Exodus 23. He said, you should not raise a false report. You must not pass along false rumors. That was a good principle way back there in the days of the Exodus. It's still a good principle in 2020. He said, don't pass along false rumors. You know, somebody said a rumor can go around the world three times while truth is putting its pants on. What is there something about, and I'm not saying this because somebody here is guilty of this, but what is it that's so interesting and intriguing about rumors? About, hey, did you hear about, I'm over here, I'm going to talk to you about it. Yeah. And you stand over in the corner, talk about some foolish thing. Thou shalt not raise a false report. Don't pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Now, this is exact quote, a different translation of verse 1. It says, put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. And it's actually talking about in the courtroom, don't cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Verse 2 says, thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You must not follow the crowd and do wrong. Just because a lot of people are doing something doesn't make that right. My goodness, if we decide what's truth by the number of people who are obeying it, we might as well throw the Bible away. Because in the Bible, it's always a minority of people that are willing. You must not follow the crowd in doing wrong. Just because a lot of people are doing it doesn't make it right. Watch out because people will try to schmooze you. They're going to try to deceive you and try to get you to do something because, look, almost everybody's doing it. Or what about if it's my friends are all doing this? You know, you stay with the Word of God no matter what anybody is doing, right? You see, a bad idea, no matter how many believe it, is still a bad idea. Right? Praise God. And then verse 3 says, Neither shalt thou countenance a poor man in his cause. And I thought, huh, what does that mean? I had to look that up. 
because I wasn't quite getting what he was saying. So when I looked it up, I found out what it was saying is, do not slant your testimony in favor of a person just because that person is poor. That's what it's saying. You don't compromise the truth for any reason. And just because somebody is to be pitied doesn't mean that you slant the case in their favor. Amen? Well, everybody say, praise God. Verses 4 and 5, which I won't read, tells us that when our enemy is needing help, help him. How you like that? You always thought the New Testament was all the, the only part in the Bible that says that. But it's also in the Old Testament. When your enemy is needing help, help him. That's easier said than done. Huh? You don't drive by and honk the horn and wave at him and say, loser, as you go by. The word of God is telling us to help your enemy when he's in need. Verse 6 warns us not to deny justice to poor people. Now, isn't this something? Verse 3 says, don't slant your testimony to favor a poor man. And then verse 6 says, on the other hand, don't deny justice to poor people. So you don't favor him because he's poor. You don't disdain him because he's poor. Truth is truth. Somebody say amen. All right, so we, we got that far. You guys are doing great. Exodus chapter 23 and verse 7. Keep thee far from a false matter. Of the innocent and righteous slay thou not. For I will not justify the wicked. You know what? That's still good advice today. Stay far away from false matters. I don't want anything to do with it. How about you? Keep away, far away from falsely charging anyone with evil, the Living Bible says. Never let an innocent person be put to death. I will not stand for this. That's what the Word of God says. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 9, Also thou shalt not oppress a stranger, for you know the heart of a stranger, seeing you were strangers in the land of Egypt. What is that talking about? I think that may be something important for us today. We need to be careful that we do not oppress foreigners. For God said, you know what it was like to be a foreigner. Remember your experience when you were sojourning in the land of Egypt. It's awful easy, is it not? We're human. To see somebody walk by with a different kind of garb on and something inside go, huh, they're taking over America. Well, it could be that God has given us an opportunity to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that we can send them back to their country with the gospel of Jesus Christ and they can be a missionary where missionaries are not allowed to go. So the word of God says, don't oppress a stranger. And what that's actually talking about in the original language, don't oppress a foreigner. Don't oppress an alien. Someone that does not belong to your nation or to your culture, don't oppress them. We get to show the love of God to everybody. And just think, God even showed his love to you. So don't get too high-minded here about sharing the love of God with somebody else that doesn't quite look like you, talk like you, dress like you, act like you, maybe has a difficult time speaking your lingo. Hello. Every once in a while I'm flying a little airplane, I... I hear somebody talking to the air traffic controller and I can hardly understand what they're saying. 
because it's a foreigner flying in American airspace. And I could be flippant and say, why don't you learn how to talk? This is America. But then I thought, that must be one smart dude. Because if I was over across the pond trying to fly an airplane with all of its intricacies and having to speak a second or a third language to communicate with the tower, that guy must be one smart dude. I've heard people making fun of Melania Trump because she speaks with a little bit of a foreign accent in her English. But how many languages does she speak? Does anybody remember? Huh? A lot. And I'm thinking, wow, she's, she's already passed me. I, I only speak two. And I have no clue what I'm saying when I'm speaking in one of them. Hallelujah. But God's very, very good to us, isn't he? So do not oppress foreigners. You know what it's like, he said, to be a foreigner. Remember your own experience in the land of Egypt. And in verse 19, he says, and I'm going to read in the first part of the verse, the first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. So he said, bring the first of the first fruits of thy land. You bring them where? Into the house of the Lord thy God. You don't send them off to some preacher that's preaching in some other place. Thank you very much for that wonderful amen. You know, tithe doesn't belong to me or you. It belongs to God. And we're instructed to bring it to the house of the Lord. It's where we're being fed. I don't think anybody's doing that. And if you are, I just gave you the reason why you shouldn't be doing it. It's, it's not biblical to do that. You don't take your tithe and give it to some television ministry. For crying out loud, you don't even know what's going on with that television ministry. They don't live in your town. You don't know how many jets they own. You don't know what kind of lifestyle they're living. Besides that, they're not feeding you. You know what? I'm just going to tell you right flat out. I am so thankful that I can walk in covenant with God. I do not begrudge one dime of tithes that I pay. And I pay my tithes and I pay a little extra just so you know. But you know what? I don't begrudge that. I just want God to know, hey, I'm one of your covenant people. And when we get into a situation, I'm going to remind you, I'm in covenant with you, sir. I'd hate to be the person who misses their miracle for 10 bucks for crying out loud. Or for 100 bucks, whatever it may be. So the first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. That's really good. But the next verse really got my attention because this was something we were talking about a little bit on Sunday. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. And I thought, whoa, I was reading the scripture this morning and it was in my daily Bible reading. I got to this verse. I said, yes, that's exactly the last thing just about we ended up with on Sunday night was do not allow yourself to entertain angels unawares. Remember? And then here I am reading this morning and the word of God came to me and he said, I send my angel. I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Oh, thank God for the covenant. Thank God I can walk with the Lord and, and know that there's an angel that's walking before me. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise God. Praise God. And tonight, I'm going to have you do an exercise of faith. You know that if you exercise your arms, you're going to get strong, right? It's kind of like one of the young men here tonight that was 
going like this in the bathroom mirror. I won't tell who it was. And his little boy walked in and he saw the little boy and he says, son, look at these biceps. His boy said, oh, daddy, it's something like muscles, only smaller. A little crestfallen, I imagine. I'm not going to tell who you are. Don't worry. Praise God. <laughs> but I want to do an exercise of faith with you in the next moment. I felt in the Holy Ghost that we needed to go back over and just quote Psalm 91 and claim the promises that God has given to us. There is almost hysteria going on right now in our nation and around the world. Today they declared it an international pandemic. That's pretty serious. The stock markets are reeling like a roller coaster going off a precipice. There's all kinds of stuff going on. But you know what? It's time for the people of God to claim our promises. I'm not just living for God because of the promises, but I'll tell you what, I appreciate the promises. And I think tonight it's time for us to stand on the promises of God. So I know that you know Psalm 91, and we're going to say it because faith cometh by and hearing by. So here we go. Are you ready? Put it up there. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Hold on. If you're in this building tonight and you have the ability to read, join us because this is absolutely important. I'm going to give you a chance to get involved here. Verse 10. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the word of God. I wonder how many right now will just begin to praise God for these covenant promises. Covenant promises. Covenant promises. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If I was the devil... I would want God's people to run scared so they can't get anything done for God. They don't even dare to go to church anymore. They're so scared. I got news for you. 
When it's your time, you're going. And until that happens, it's kind of like, remember the story in the Bible where the guy's running from a lion and he meets a bear. He's, woo He turns around and runs and he finds a bear. Runs from a lion, meets a bear. Then he turns around, runs into an old cabin, slams the door shut, puts the bar down, goes, that was close. Puts his hand up against the wall and a serpent bites him and he dies. If the Lord doesn't keep the house, if the Lord doesn't keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. If the Lord doesn't build the house, they labor in vain that build it. I'm going to tell you right now, my hope is in nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. Hallelujah. I'm believing God that he's with us. It's not just a storybook. It's not just something we talk about when things are going well. But yea, though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I think everywhere you go, you have a chance to be a total, total testimony for the Lord and your confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. Notice he said, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Then there was an interesting little footnote here in Exodus chapter 23. He says, I'm going to send an angel before you and he's going to show you the way you should go. And then he says, verse Verse 21, he says, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. Don't mess with your angel. Don't provoke him. Beware of him. Obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions. For my name is in him. He said, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared for you. Pay attention to what he says and listen to what he says. I'm sending my angel before you. Pay attention to what he says. Now what's the test if an angel is from God or if he's an angel from hell? What is the surefire method we can know whether it's of God or of the devil? Because there are angels that come from hell and there's angels of heaven, right? An angel of God will never, never, never contradict this book. An angel of God will never espouse rebellion. Are you with me? You know an angel is truly an angel if it lines up with the word. What happens if you have a dream? How do you know if a dream is from the Lord or not? If it lines up with the word, then you can count it as from the Lord. Anything that violates this word, I don't care if the dream came in wonderful color. If it violates this book, it's not from God. How do you know if somebody's speaking a word of prophecy, if it's from the Lord or if it's not? Let me tell you, first of all, be very careful about who you allow to speak into your life. Brother Cornwall and I were just talking about this last week, and we were comparing stories, one of which I had had, one which he'd had, and we both agreed that we need to be very careful what we say. Because when God is looking at you as his servant, there's sometimes things that will happen that might not have happened if you hadn't said what you said. I don't know if that sounds crazy or not, but I've lived to see that come to pass. I want to be very careful the words that come out of my mouth, and you need to be very careful the words that come out of your mouth, and you need to be very careful of who you allow to prophesy or to speak into your life. And somebody comes up and they want to tell me about some tragic dream they had of, of me being in a car accident and I was splattered all over the road. Before they get a chance to even tell me, I'm going to stop them. 
I'm not allowing that to even be spoken. I'm going to trust God's covenant blessings. Come on, somebody. Don't be one of these people that allow people to walk up to you and speak things into your life that may not have even had to happen if you hadn't allowed that to happen. God spoke the worlds into existence and we were made in the image of God. Can we just stop for a minute? I want to lift my hands and give God praise and I wonder if you would like to do the same. Lord, I love you. Oh, Rama Santa Rabakia Tatalaboto. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Another thing that you can always tell about the word of God, when God speaks, it brings peace. When the devil speaks, it brings fear. The devil can come and say, yea, thus saith the Lord unto you. And it scares you nearly to death. When God speaks, it brings a peace. My, my sheep know my voice. Well, why am I talking like this? Because as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, I know that the de devil's warfare plan is one mainly of fear and deception. So love the truth. Love the truth. Buy the truth and sell it not. I was a Bible college student, and forgive me for telling the same stories, but it's my story. I was so tired. I came in one night. I'd been working, and my parents didn't have enough money to pay my way through school, so I worked my way. They helped me as much as they could. I was coming home late one night and I was walking up the hallway and I was going by the, the chapel and I thought, I'm going to stop and pray. Worn out, I'm going to stop and pray. And I got the door open and I knelt down in that dark, cavernous chapel that was there back in those days. And as I was praying, all of a sudden I heard somebody sobbing and I recognized there was somebody else in that building with me. I had not turned on the lights, it was dark, pitch dark in there, but somebody was up toward the front and I was kneeling in the back and I heard a lady's voice saying through tears, I love you, but I don't love you enough, help me to love you more. And I thought, no, I can't be, that can't be. I know that lady. She buried her husband on the mission field she worked in the leper colonies, exposing herself to all kinds of bacteria and disease. She sacrificed her life on the mission field, and she's saying, I love you, but I don't love you enough. Help me to love you more. And from that day to this, that has become one of my prayers. I love you, but I don't love you enough. Help me to love you more. I want to love you more, Jesus. I, I, I realize that, that love never fails, and so I need to love the truth. I need to love the Lord. I need to love this book. I need to love the church. I need to love the things that God loves and hates the things that God hates. You can't live for God if you're cursing the things that God loves and loving the things that God curses. It won't work. It won't work. Oh, God, I thank you for your word today. He said, but if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. How many wants the angel of the Lord to be an enemy unto your enemies and an adversary unto thy adversaries? Well, how am I going to make that happen? If thou shalt indeed obey his voice, do all that I speak. <laughs> I will be an enemy to your enemies. I will be an adversary to your adversaries. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to go with you, but indeed obey the voice of the angel that God has placed in your life. 
I probably shouldn't say this, but in some cases, the Bible uses the word angel and pastor interchangeably. Because some folks say, well, if God comes by his angel and tells me to do something, I'll do it, but I'm not doing it just because you preached and taught it out of the word of God. That's a pretty bad philosophy. One amen. amen. Why am I saying that? Because we're living right now in a time in which everything is going to get really difficult to understand. It's going to get really deceptive. There's going to be people that are going to walk up to you and say, I've never been so close to God in all my life, and yet they're doing things that the Word of God condemns. There's going to be people walking up, into you, up to you, and they're saying, I am a prophet, and I want you to know that the Lord sent me with a word. You be very careful about those kinds of situations. And you're talking to somebody that, or somebody's talking to you that believes in prophecy. I believe in prophecy. Be very careful. Something about deception that's very, very scary. When a person finally falls under deception, I'm not talking about being temporarily deceived, but when God finally says, okay, I'm going to send you strong delusion. That's scary because that person can no longer discern between right and wrong. God purposefully sends a spirit of delusion and they can look at you and they can say, oh, but I love God and, and you know what? God loves me and, and they may be living a lifestyle that is cursed by God, but they've convinced themselves and God has allowed a spirit of delusion to come and you cannot undo it once that happens. Be careful about saying that about anybody, however, because only God knows when they've crossed that line. I have seen people that from all outward appearances had already passed that line, but God was merciful and brought them back. So. Don't write anybody off. Just pray for them. I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. Verse 23. For my angel shall go before thee. I just feel like right now maybe somebody ought to just lift their hands and say, Lord, I receive this promise right now that your angel is going to go before me and prepare the way. Lord, that there's somebody watching over me right now and you're sending your angels. You, you've given your angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. That's not just in one verse. It's in many verses of the Bible. God, I thank you, Lord, for the angel that you've assigned to me and to my family to protect me from harm and to lead and guide me. Thank you, Lord. I want to be obedient to your voice, Lord. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Two or three times during this message, uh, I felt the presence of God just sweeping through here. My angel shall go before thee. Verse 24, thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but thou shalt utterly overthrow them and quite break down their images, and you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread, and thy water, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. You shall serve the Lord your God. Listen, don't feel sorry for the Sunday school teacher, the power hour teachers, the home Bible study teachers. Don't feel sorry for the church cleaner, the church treasurer. Don't feel sorry for the church board members. Don't feel sorry for the elders. Don't feel sorry for those who are serving the Lord because there's promises that come to people who serve the Lord that do not come to anybody else. Don't ever begrudge what you do for the Lord. Whatever you can do for God, do it with all of your might. Do it with all of your ability. Be thankful. Whistle while you work. Be thankful that God is allowing you to serve him. I can't think of any greater privilege than for God to look at you and me and say, 
my servant has said or my servant did. And whenever that's ever happened to me and in times gone by in different places I've preached and maybe there was a message in tongues and somebody gave the interpretation and they said, and God said, my servant said such and such. I always felt so humbled. But I always felt so thankful that God would look at me at his servant. Because I've read this book, and I know there's lots of promises that go to the servants of the Lord. People who are serving God that do not go to anybody else. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless thy bread. How many feel like your food source at times may have been contaminated? Thankful that we live in America. But any of us who've traveled abroad know there's been times when I've been places where I couldn't eat what they had to eat. I had to go back in my room and get out a jar of peanut butter and put peanut butter on some crackers that I brought in my suitcase. I couldn't eat the vegetables and the fruit that they were eating. It was gonna hurt me. I had to have God's help. And I'm here to tell you, we've come to that place now in Bible prophecy. Are you hearing me? You shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread. I don't know if anybody wants to claim this promise. Tonight we're talking about not just promises, we're talking about laying claim to the promise. Or how about this one? Anyone ever felt like maybe the water you were drinking wasn't the best water in the world? Well, you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless thy bread and thy water. One of the reasons there's going to be a huge revival. People are going to realize that there's something going on among God's people. They're going to be healthier than the other people. They're going to be blessed more than the other people. God is making a distinction between the Egyptians and the people of faith. Hallelujah. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Satan, you're a liar in the name of Jesus. I will serve the Lord and he shall bless my bread and my water. Oh, but that doesn't stop there. You shall serve the Lord your God, and I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Amen. How many feels like our, our, our world is reeling right now with sicknesses? Well, I'm going to reach toward the heavens. I'm going to say, God, I'm claiming the promise of the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord my God. You're going to bless my bread. You're going to bless my water. And you said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. Somebody ought to jump out of their seat right now and say, oh, my God. There it is right there. God, I claim it. The devil's been lying all along. He said I was going to be sick, but God said, I'm going to make you well because you're sick serving the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody want to lay claim to the promises of God when he said, I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. And finally, I'm coming to a close tonight. In verse 26, there shall nothing, there shall nothing cast her young nor be barren in thy land. And I want you to notice the last few words of that sentence the number of thy days I will fulfill wow God has already set the day of your birth and the day of your exit and he said I'll tell you what I'll do you servants of the Lord I will make all thine I will make the number of thy days I will fulfill the number of thy days I will fulfill. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody said, well, you know what? I knew somebody that died young. Well, maybe they had reached the end of the number of their days. Or maybe there's sometimes when we need to lay claim to the promises of God. I refuse in the name of Jesus Christ 
to allow the devil to defy my God. I hear what Goliath is saying. I hear what he's saying as he's saying, choose you a man. Let him come out and fight with me. I understand that he's threatening. I understand that he's saying what he's going to do to us. But I think we ought to rise to our feet and say, wait a minute. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm going to serve the Lord. And he's going to fulfill the number of my days. One last verse, please, and then I'm going to let you go. I will send my fear before thee and will destroy all the people to whom thou shalt come. And I will make all thine enemies turn their backs unto thee. Now, what does that mean? I mean, why would he cause all my enemies to turn their backs to me? Bubba, that means they're running. They've turned around. They're going the other way. They're not even facing you anymore. They're booking it. They're getting out of your path because you're a servant of the Lord. He said, I will make all your enemies turn their backs unto thee. Hallelujah. 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 Is it not time, Lord, for the one God, Jesus' name, apostolic people? Is it not time, O oh Lord, for this message to be brought to the light? Is it not time, O oh Lord, for thy people to shine, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus, like a bright light upon a hill? Is it not time, O oh God, for thy people to be salt, O oh God? Hallelujah, Lord. Is it not time for the blessings of the Lord to be pronounced upon us? I wonder how many would rise to your feet right now and begin to praise God. Begin to say, God, I'm laying claim tonight to the promises. I'm laying claim to the blessings of walking in covenant with God. I'm laying claim to it. Hallelujah. I'm believing it. I'm standing my ground in the name of Jesus. I'm standing my ground. I'm believing you, Father. You are the great and the mighty God. There's no one like you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I thought about a good portion of our congregation is involved in the health business. And I thought about, God, they're going to be walking around all kinds of situations and exposed to all kinds of different things. But Lord, tonight we're laying claim to the blessings of walking in covenant with God. We're not going to sit back. We're not going to retire. We're not going to fall back. We're not going to give it less. We're going to give it all we've got. Why are you doing that? Because I'm standing on the promises of God. And if you started running, where are you going to run? If you start running, where are you going to run? You're going to be in a line, a bear is going to meet you. You're going to run from the bear, you're going to run in the house, a serpent's going to bite you. There's no place to run. So I'll tell you what we do. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Put on your spiritual armor. Hallelujah. Come on. Everybody, you got a shield. It's the shield of faith. Everybody's got a sword. It's the sword of the word. Everyone's got a helmet. It's the helmet of salvation. Everybody's got a breastplate. It's the breastplate of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Everybody's got a belt. It's the belt of truth. Everybody's got combat boots. It's the preparation of the gospel. Take this gospel. Hallelujah. Pardon me, but God's people don't run unless they're running toward the enemy. Now, bow your heads with me, please. Father in heaven, here we are on this Wednesday night.
We receive this word, oh God, I receive it. And these people, I can tell they receive it, Lord. Lord, I know that you're speaking to us, Lord, and we're standing upon the promises of God. We're standing upon your will. We're standing upon your covenant blessings. We're thankful, Lord, that you're with us. Lord, those who are here tonight, the, the enemy has attacked them severely, perhaps. But Lord, there's victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. Lord, tonight we recognize no king but one. We recognize no God but one. We love you, Jesus. You are the greatest, the most wonderful God. Hallelujah. Let it be recorded that we trusted in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your voice one more time and give God a rowdy praise. Give him a rowdy praise. My breath is in your hands, oh God. Hallelujah. My heart is in your hands, oh God. Hallelujah. My health is in your hands, oh God. I put my trust in you. Hallelujah. I don't know if anybody's feeling it right now, but if you're feeling like God is wanting you to respond somehow, maybe you ought to begin to make your way down to the front if you feel it. If there's something inside of you that says, yeah, that's right. We're going to stand on the promises of God. Hallelujah. Satan, you're done. You're toast. You're finished. God is with us. Hallelujah. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Oh, God, we praise you in this last day. We praise you in these days leading up to the rapture. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Come on, somebody. We're laying claim to the blessings of walking in covenant with God. We lay claim to it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I bless your name. 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 I bless your name, Jesus. I bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Labosianda Momo Ramanaya. Amamo Ramosanda Namahata. Santa Lamakanda Ramahata. I love you, Jesus. You are so good, Lord. You are so good. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So let me say this to you as we close tonight. Be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Whatever you have to do for God, do it with all of your might. Whatever you can do for the Lord, do it with all of your heart. This is no time to pull back, but I believe God is wanting us to press forward. Now, as we have a closing prayer, I want to pray that God would be with us all 
until we're together again. And God would use us all in a mighty way. Is that all right? Lord Jesus, keep your hand upon these dear precious people. Watch over us all. God, keep your hands upon these dear people, God. Keep them safe wherever they go. Bring them back safe to the house of God. And let your light shine through us. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. God bless you. You can pray or fellowship. I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God.